Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from Los Angeles, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Once upon a time in North Hollywood, I am here on location with two lovely gentlemen, Aaron Alvarado. That's How you me. doing? That's me. And we are in North Hollywood, uh, my apartment. So welcome, boys. Thank you for having us. We yeah. are in your living room. We potting. are. And the third man here, Jeff Presnell is back. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Jeff came up from San Diego, sunny San Diego. That's my town. I flew down from uh, Sacramento, city of trees. That's right. Farm to fork. Um, <laughs> Parentheses, farm to fork. <laughs> and uh, colon. Yeah. Aaron, uh, Aaron had the bright idea to uh, invite uh, Presnell and myself to, uh, to join him to watch on opening night Quentin Tarantino's new film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, not just in Los Angeles, the, you know, the setting of the film but at the New Beverly Theater, which is owned by T- Quentin Tarantino. Uh, that's, this is kind of like the cinephile paradise, I guess. I mean, Presnell, like what, when this idea was pitched to you, like how long did it take for you to decide if you were doing it? Well, Aaron and I had kind of talked about this for, for a little while. I mean, it kind of stemmed from when we were talking about the New Beverly in Los Angeles. Like, hey, he's got this like theater. He like, shows his own movies and movies that inspire him and he picks all the stuff and everything's it's really cool. on film it's everything's on film yeah. it's like one little thing like you would never even know it's there and so it's sort of like this mythical theater and it always seemed like an experience that we would enjoy regardless of whatever movie was showing at whatever time but i think we both agreed like you know what would be really really cool is to go see a quentin tarantino movie yeah you know what would be cool is to see a Quentin Tarantino movie, like, opening night there. Yeah. Then the movie gets announced once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, it kind of wrote itself. Everything basically, like, the stars aligned to make it this really happen. It really did. It's wild. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the number of things that had to go right for the uh, movie experience that the three of us had last night um, is yeah. pretty incredible. And uh, I'm excited to share it because it's something I'm never, ever going to forget. And I know neither of you guys are either. So that's what we're going to talk about here. Anyone listening that hasn't seen the movie, maybe we should give a disclaimer here. We're going to talk a little bit about the experience we just had uh, seeing the film at Tarantino's Theater, New Beverly. Uh, We're going to talk non-spoiler for a a bit uh, just about our general thoughts and reactions to the film um, and uh, without getting into any major plot points or details, so, so don't worry. Uh, and then we will we will discuss spoilery specific things, uh, but we will give a, a, a pretty clear disclaimer before doing so. Um, but yeah, just stick with us. Stick with us through. But we're going to take you on a journey. So it is come a journey. Along for the ride. Now, the new Beverly, we should we should give a little more context about what this experience is like. I mean, th- so there are certain theaters that uh, have a reputation for being like for the ultimate movie lover. The Alamo Drafthouse is famous for uh, right. this. They're, you know, this is Austin based theater. Uh, that has since opened uh, one in locations in like New York, San Francisco, I think L.A. We just got one. Finally got one, yeah. which is weird that you guys it's didn't. It's been rumored for years, like yeah. honestly years, and, and it finally just opened. And their, like, their reputation is basically like, um, well, one, it's, you know, they have the food and the, there's actual full menu. Right. But that they're like actually enforce their no cell phone policy. Uh, like They have really zero tolerance zero for anything. Tolerance. Supposedly that distracts from the movie. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think they serve you food and drinks during the movie. Or they something. do. They yeah. do. Yeah. So it's like I think that's kind of contradictory, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is actually it is. It's just pretty funny. <laughs> I I, I just I just actually was at the Alma Draft House watching Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Speaking of Tarantino, uh, and just that type of environment that's meant to be built for the the type of movie lover that Tarantino uh, fans are. I I call them. Uh, Tarantino heads, oh, which yeah. is what we are. Um, <laughs> but like watching Reservoir Dogs in that environment was like, it was so exciting and so fun and exhilarating. And also for me, it was just like a, a tease and a taste of what I was going to experience with you two right. here to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it got me all that more excited because Tarantino films, I mean, his reputation, of course, is the ultimate movie lover. And he, he makes movies for people just like us. And, uh, and the in-theater experience watching it with people is, is outstanding. But my... 
I digress a bit there. Uh, the new Beverly is not just owned by Tarantino. Uh, Aaron, what else? Like, how involved is Tarantino in this? He's not—he's not just guy that writes the the, the, the checks. No, like he doesn't just put his name on the marquee, which it is. Um, but he, according to what we just heard last night, he programs something like ninety-five percent of the uh, monthly calendar. So the way the New Beverly works is they show two movies a night. And these are only—they're only thirty-five uh, uh, millimeter. It's only film. Okay. He only shows film. But they do show sixteen millimeter on occasion. But it is exclusively film. Uh, that's one of the reasons he bought the theater and took it over himself because the previous owner, he had an agreement with them. He was kind of like a partner, a silent partner. And the previous owner was trying to make money off of it, which is uh, kind of makes sense, right? You own a movie theater, you want to make money off it. You so anything, he, you want to make money off right, it. Right, exactly. So the previous owner actually was installing digital projectors. And Tarantino's not going to oh stand for that, God. right? Exactly, oh exactly. Yeah, I could, I imagining him freaking out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I imagine. In 2019, <laughs> the goal. Right. Well, so, <laughs> that was actually like around 2012 or so. And so after that happened, Tarantino bought him out. Uh, apparently, this is how it works. He bought him out and he decided to take full control of the theater, um, step out of the shadows, and get fully involved. He, so he started programming the, the monthly calendar. Um, they showed two different movies every night. Uh, and then on the weekends, on Friday nights, they show a midnight showing. And on the weekends, they show, you know, different movies. Um, the way that it, it, it's all second run stuff. It's all stuff that no one else is showing. A lot of the prints are Tarantino's personal prints that he keeps in his personal vault. Fantastic. Yeah. And so usually on the Friday night midnight showings, it's his movies. Um, and they'll run like a week or two at a time. So you're talking the Kill Bills and the uh, Pulp Fiction's. And so there, there's no guarantee that he was going to show his movie opening night at this theater because, I mean, it's a second-run movie house. It's not for premieres. Like, mm -hmm. they don't do it. I thought you it's, talked about that he actually did run his own. It's been, so he's done it in the past, yeah. but there was no guarantee that he was going to do it. Mm. Right. Um, so it's really up to him. Like, he, he makes a decision. Obviously, it's the final say, and he wanted to play in his own theater. Uh, and it's on film. Like, no one el almost no one else is showing this movie in 35 millimeter. Yeah. And that's just because there aren't many film projectors right. in use, period. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really what the gist of the new Beverly is. It's a it's an old school retro movie theater, single screen. There's 200 seats. Everything about it is legitimately old. There is no artifice whatsoever. It's just the way it's that grindhouse experience that he, he's always wanted or that he's always enjoyed and craved. And he wants to share with the world. The tickets are really cheap. The concessions are really cheap. Everything about it is accessible. And that's like been the key for him is make this movie or oh, this old school movie experience that doesn't exist anymore right. accessible for people like us that didn't grow up. Like we didn't grow up in the 70s. So we had no <laughs> chance at, yeah. at experiencing things the way that he did. And um, I can just speak from last night. It felt like I went to a movie theater in the 70s. Right. Yeah. I imagine that's exactly what it feels it like. Was yeah. It was one show. It was one theater. There was one concession stand. Yeah. There was general seating. Yep. There was, like, it, it was a movie theater in right. the 60s. Right. Everything about it, all the stuff that we cannot be bothered with as modern movie fans, like the picking your seats, Even the ordering. We were, we were kind of half bitching, like, in the line. I, I maintain <laughs> yes. that stance, though. I, it w I, I wish that we, we could just reserve it would our seats. Now, yes, exactly. It would be nice if you could pick your seat online. But <laughs> we do, like, they do acquiesce a little like they do give you the ability to buy tickets online which we did and uh which they also sold out in five minutes so that's the thing right so yeah. once so we want, found let's, out let's walk, you once we yeah once it was in, found out he was playing it yeah uh once upon a time in hollywood at his theater and we were going to do this the idea was pitched it was like okay all right like we're, we were going to do this no matter what even if it didn't have it wasn't at tarantino's theater but like that was absolutely the goal priority number one so J Jeff is the superhero of this story. Well, I mean, I have a little bit of experience with this going to uh, indie professional wrestling shows in Los <laughs> Angeles <laughs> called Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Wow. <laughs> Name hey, drop. Wow. Plug. I knew he was going to get his plug in. He's trying to get that plug in. <laughs> See that sponsorship yeah. money. <laughs> hey, listen, you guys don't know about uh, the Young Bucks, but you will. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, uh, so... You just have to be online when tickets go on sale. It's it's old school in that way. Yeah. Like you just have yeah. to be ready yeah. and you have to have multiple tabs open. Yeah. And so we were 
doing a text chain and making yep. sure that people were refreshing their page once tickets came on sale and it did. We wanted four tickets. We, Aaron's lovely wife came with us. Yeah, yeah. We we went. Uh, it ended up where I was the only person who was able to secure the seven thirty <laughs> tickets uh, for that show. Which, in hindsight, what do you guys think? Uh, how many people are in that theater? So it's it. The capacity is two hundred. The capacity is two hundred. Right. So we got four tickets out of the two hundred. Which we which logged in at ten of them were at reserved. At twelve so noon, uh, it was sold out at twelve oh five. I was actually was standing gone. in line uh, for yeah. the Millennium Falcon ride at uh, Disneyland Galaxy's Edge. If you don't mind me flexing there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm following the text, being like, all right, I'm in the. I, I've got yes. uh, a midnight showing in the uh, in our cart, you know, trying to order because these things, the show times for what two uh, two months sold out immediately. Yeah. For all of the showings at the New Beverly. Right, what I, right. All of the ones that they had listed as available. This e- great idea we had. It wasn't original. Yeah, no. tur- tur- turns out other people thought it would be cool to see Tarantino's movie at Tarantino's theater <laughs> uh, about Hollywood Nerd. in Hollywood. Well, the, the cool thing is, the way that they did it is, everything is will call. So you can't, so it, it, it boxed out all the scalpers. You couldn't sell, you couldn't reserve yep. the tickets and yeah. then sell them secondhand um, because you had to show your ID at, at the window. So I didn't even pick that up. That yeah, is that's so why they do brilliant. it. Yeah, no one, that's why no they one do there it. had their, their tickets from StubHub. That's no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was no scalpers involved. Everyone that bought a ticket was a fan and everyone that bought a ticket showed up. So, I mean, it was just amazing. Like just the fact that we were able to get you were able to get those tickets, Jeff. That was, again, the stars lining up. Mm-hmm. And, and what you said that I, like I the get screen it. didn't load at first yeah. and you wouldn't wasn't sure. Like, you didn't know if the uh, transaction actually processed. It was processed. the longest like 40 seconds because you just it was processing. I had put in like my credit card information mm-hmm. previously, like yeah. just to get it all ready. It yeah. had the four. I'm clicking through and I hit submit and it's doing that thing where it's loading. Yeah. But the page hasn't yeah. changed. Yeah. The, yeah. The page is giving you a bad Not only it, is yeah. it not blank, it's still staying. So it's still processing. And then it went blank. Right. And then it's still processing. And it's still processing. And 10 more seconds go by. And like all the time, we're <laughs> kind of texting back and forth. And we understand that this is like a time crucial thing. And I realized pretty quickly, I'm the only one who's in yes. yeah. for the 730. Yeah. And it's kind of laying it on here. Yeah. And this do was I hit time. the refresh button? Oh, man. That's basically the abort button. Yeah. And right. had you hit yeah. that, it would have, yeah. We wouldn't have gotten tickets to that show. It took time. a lot of willpower not to. <laughs> and uh, Self-control. Yeah. Honestly, like it might have been like two or three seconds before I was about to hit the refresh button. It hadn't crossed over yet. <laughs> my goodness. But I got the alert on my phone mm. that I had gotten a new email that confirmed we got the, the oh tickets. <laughs> yeah. So once we had the tickets in hand, I was, you know, I, obviously I was ecstatic and I knew like this was just already, uh, this was going to set, this was set in stone. It was going to be a magical night. It was going to be a magical experience. Regardless of how good the movie was, like yeah, this is yeah, all yeah, independent yeah. of that. We, we assume that we're going to like it. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. But it's just all the outside factors beyond the movie were already lined up perfectly. It, yeah. So. We were already very uh, excited for, one, a new Tarantino movie. Two, the cast he got yeah, for the Tarantino movie. And three, the premise, which we weren't so sure what we were going to expect. But we knew, like, you know what? With Tarantino and this premise, like, he's got some wiggle room to really go somewhere. So I was I was excited regardless. Yeah, it was I mean it everything lined up like I said perfectly and the only way that we could be disappointed is if the movie like really stunk. And that wasn't going to happen. Like Yeah. We know Tarantino even when he doesn't hit a home run, he still hits a double. Like it's it's yeah. still going right off the fence. And I mean, hit the last movie he made. Right. The Hateful Eight. Right. Got a mixed response right. for the Tarantino. If you look at the Tarantino filmography, like of the movies he's made, that one would be categorized, I'd say, as both critically and uh, among the general public as mixed. I certainly was mixed on it, and I still am. I think I loved the first act, liked the second, didn't right. like the third. Yeah. But for me, it was also interesting because I think a lot, oftentimes these just creative dynamos like have a creative prime like athletes do. And uh, Tarantino's made these masterpieces like, you know, Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards, of course, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Kill, Kill Bill, both of them. Right. <laughs> uh, 
But Hateful Eight was like, oh, it's still good. This is the good, still good Tarantino, but is he is he losing his edge a little bit, or is he, you know, these people who get to too big for their own good that they don't have enough people there to like tell when them no or don't do this. Like self, nobody you know. stays on top forever. Like yeah, that's the that's sad right. reality. That's right. So, so there was a for me there was a little bit of like this could just be really self indulgent. Uh, you know, and I, I maybe I, it'll be I'll have a good time with my friends watching a Tarantino film, right. but like I don't worst case scenario, yes, worst case exactly. scenario, yeah. which is still great, <laughs> right. which is still great. That's why right, it's a win win no matter what. But yeah. uh, I can't say that I expected to get um, what would like I just, I just didn't see a scenario where we'd watch a movie that could potentially be like considered one of Tarantino's great like marquee top two films, right? Like it's I didn't, unrealistic. I just to didn't think that that, that was gonna happen. Yeah. Right? I think it's unrealistic to. To um, demand that of him. So do you, should we jump into our expectations going into that? Or do we want to finish the new Beverly experience as a whole about what happened after we watched the movie? Oh, what yeah. Might think? as well say it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we can talk about, like, the experience going into it. I mean, we had general admission tickets, so we had to go wait in line. And yeah. there was sort of a debate of, like, how early should we get? Do we want to, like, are there bad seats in a 200-person theater? <laughs> I, I, I had this I, – I pitched this idea to you guys that you shot down about wearing these matching T-shirts that say – uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, right, and the thing. Uh, Which we were all like, ah, ha, ha, like, matching to, like, we don't need to do that. Like, we're not those guys, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sure enough, what happened, David? The guy, the first guy in line, the one by himself, number one in line. Oh, there were several people yeah, in that line. Yeah, but he's the first were, yes, one yeah, that yeah. we saw wearing a shirt right. that says written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Listen. Dodge the bullet. We, we love you. You're one of our people. <laughs> We just kind of believe in a whole, like, you don't wear the band shirt of the band you're going to go see. I mean, that's about as close to cosplay as you're going to get at a Tarantino. Now, oh. Some people do dress up in the style of a, a 70s whatever, but, I mean, wearing that shirt is, that's pretty Well, crazy. yeah, the, I mean, the, my second idea, which you guys also shot down, because people will dress up like characters from sure. the Tarantino sure. mills. So I showed up with, like, a ba I brought a whole carry, and actually a carry-on of, uh, a Manson cosplay, <laughs> and because he's a, he's a character in the movie, I thought it was that's fine, a fair game. But you guys were like, no, no. we're well, not letting you outside in that. The thing is, you started to draw this some sort of symbol on your forehead. Yeah, and I'm you, like, oh, you whoa, stopped me like, whoa, that's anachronistic. <laughs> he didn't actually have that till after he was in yeah, prison. Yeah, exactly. And I, oh, okay, but uh, it's yeah, started it's as an X, ink. and then yeah, <laughs> I know where you're going with that. <laughs> so, uh, we, so when we get we get to the theater, I, uh, you know. I actually told Jeff uh, he had one of his jobs, one of his many jobs to do that evening was to keep me from buying any merch. <laughs> so I would have walked. There was a lot of merch. There was so much merch. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you were successful doing I that. Did, I did not reciprocate that because I was like, oh, I might buy some might stuff buy right here. Some <laughs> merch. Uh, but when we, we go into the theater, um, we walk in and uh, Jeff, uh, we get you know, our, bop our popcorn and we're making way to, to our seats. And Jeff nudges me and says, don't freak out. Don't freak out. But uh, the back row, there, uh, just, you know, take a look. There's some signs on the seats. And I'm thinking, like, oh, my gosh, is there uh, going to be, like, reserved for Quentin Tarantino? You know, like, like his name. And it no, could never it, be. Of course not. Yeah. But they, they were just, like, they were they, regular reserved. But they, reserve but they were regular, just reserved just for And it wasn't a lot. Else. It was the very back row. And on one side, there was, like, one or two. And on, like, the other side of the theater where you, yeah. like, enter, there was, like, four. Yeah. And it was just kind of, like, off, like, every, it was it was pretty casual for the most part. There wasn't yeah, it wasn't that many. No, but it was just sitting there, and I was like, "Don't freak out." But like, but it was like a if it was a good if, bit though. It's his theater. If he were to show up, this is where he would be. <laughs> when in reality, it's like whoever's the operational manager of the day sure. knew that. That's like for his neighbors. Exactly. You know I mean? like that's that, exactly it's, what it is. It's, no, that, that's for the local cops that patrol the area. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I mean, like, at best, we're getting some, uh, a crew member on the film that was like a gaffer. Or well, like we're, a, we're getting the, uh, the guy that runs the hookah bar next door. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna sit they do a seats. trade, free tickets for free hookah. <laughs> sure and so he has the reserve. You know what I mean? Like, it's not these... Uh, but so it, it was a bit of a bit for Jack to be like, don't freak out. And, right, uh, right. uh, and I didn't, um, <laughs> but, uh, but what's funny is I kept looking over my shoulder at the closer we got to start time being like, I just want to see at least who's sitting in them. Sure, you know? Exactly. And like, I didn't really see, I, I saw some people starting to come in and there wasn't anyone famous, right? Like, it was like, Oh, okay. This is not a thing. I, uh, and I, I told, uh, I told Aaron that 10% of me believed Tarantino was going to be there that right. night, but 90% of me 
thought there's no chance because he's literally in the middle. This is opening night of the film. He's in the middle of an what is an international publicity tour for the film. Like you're very, very, he has very obligations. Busy. Tons of places to be. Yeah. And so even the likelihood of it, even being in Los Angeles seemed low. Um, Let alone being at his theater. That's right. right. That's right. So the movie ends, and we'll talk about that in just a second in terms of our thoughts. But we're making our way out, and then <laughs> Jeff here does the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so I, we're walking out, and we all kind of, like, we'll, we'll talk about the movie and our experience through that because... We got yeah, a lot to say. <laughs> we, there's a, so much to say. Um, but as we finally, like, we're respectful, we see the credits. Um, we should talk about that before we get to the very end. Sure. About... Will. The type of atmosphere that was there, because I think the three of us, like Aaron, like you guys have both been to the New Bear Village. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hadn't at that yeah. point. Uh-huh. And we talked about how like we were going to be like the nerds who were going to a Quentin Tarantino movie opening night at Quentin Tarantino's theater. Oh, it's going to be so wild. And I had this idea of like a Marvel movie, like kind of like a woo, there's our character. Woo, this guy. Yeah. 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 It couldn't have been more opposite. It was so respectful. It was like yeah. an yeah. art yeah. Film. It was like an, an artist. Well, it was like, like yeah. movie church, is it what it was. Movie church. You're yeah. exactly every word of the sermon, is what it is. Yes. Like, you're just, yeah. you're, you're just sitting there in anticipation. But I will say, though, when you're supposed to laugh, the laughs pop. Like, yes. louder oh, than yeah, that. If there's, it, it's not hoop, hoop and hollering like in an MCU movie, no. but like, but when it is a funny moment, everybody gets everyone it. Everyone is in. Everyone is in on the joke there. Yeah. And I will say also, yeah. the, like, the violence, there's also, like, everyone there, like, knows the game. Yes. Like, no one there is just like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, they know what they're in for, they know what they signed up for. There's no surprise, there's no shock in that audience. <laughs> so like the experience that we had there was just incredible as uh, I mean you guys have talked about like you know the popcorn the the single theater but like we were treated to previews beforehand mm-hmm. that yeah. no one else saw yeah. Tarantino picked short. the trailers like Aaron do you want to talk about this Oh yeah sure so at, normally when you go to the New Beverly you see they uh, they put old trailers and they'll put the intermission, the classic intermission cartoon that tells you to go to the lobby and, and pick up some snacks. And then they'll also, along with programming in the movies, Tarantino picks trailers that he puts bef- between movies uh, for whatever reason. And not just random trailers. No, no, it's all classics. And so for this movie in particular, he chose some very specific trailers that we all saw and I mean, they're all classics and they're all and they scratched. And incorporated in the movie. So there's exactly. three, three of them. So the connect, they all had a connection to the movie, which we didn't know, but we assumed, obviously. And by the way, just that, that's CC and the uh, CC yes. and company with uh, Joe Namath, Rosemary's yes. Baby, the Polanski right. film, uh, and the Wrecking Crew, starring Dean Martin and Sharon Tate. You're right, and all three of those are heavily featured in the movie, and so it was the perfect lead up into the movie. It's perfect introduction, really. But beyond that. We were also told that we had an exclusive look into an extended clip from the movie that was basically a deleted scene, and it wouldn't be featured anywhere else. It wasn't playing in any other theater in the world. It's not available online. I mean, maybe it'll make it into the deleted scenes at some point. But what it was, it was an extended clip of the fake TV show, one of the fake TV shows that um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character stars in, in the movie. Bounty Law. It's called Bounty Law, and it was an extended scene, like a 10, 15-minute long scene from Bounty Law, and it played before the movie started, and it was amazing. It was featuring it Mark was, uh, uh, Madsen. Yes, it was, uh, yeah, was, yeah, exactly. So it was Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. As playing the yeah, sheriff. Not, not Mad Dog, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you yeah, threw yeah. me there. Mark Mad Dog Madsen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mad Dog Madsen. He came off the bench. <laughs> He's number one on the Madsen Bauer ranking. I, I instantly was thinking about the Lakers parade. And I was like, wait a minute, we're talking about Tarantino here. <laughs> yeah, so it's the other Madsen. It's Michael Madsen. Uh, yeah, so Michael the Madsen. Mr. Blonde. Yeah, Michael, Michael Madsen was playing a sheriff, and, and uh, DiCaprio's Rick was playing uh, the bounty hunter, which is what his bounty law character was. And so it's basically a half, half of an episode of bounty law is what we were treated to before the start it, of the movie. It, it, and it sets the scene it's perfectly. It is a great little segment. And I hope that it's featured somewhere else because it's incredibly entertaining. But in the movie, it yeah. was interesting because I didn't real I didn't fully realize that that whole extended clip was just unique to us. I know they had said it. I, I don't know if I, I had forgotten it or I was just too engrossed in what was engrossed in what was going on. But when 
in the actual movie they feature clips from that yes. you know, there's quite a bit of overlap and you realize like oh we got the extended edition of this whole thing they shot the, a whole beginning. yeah yeah but it, it felt like a pixar you know how pixar shorts yeah come right. before and you're like right. and it's like a reminder that's like we're pixar we're mm -hmm. some of the greatest storytellers like this isn't dreamworks this isn't some animation thing. we're pixar and like those shorts like really set the tone this was like kind of i almost viewed it in that way where it was like oh that's right like he just like a, the, he's a masterful filmmaker because he just showed us like a, what felt like a 15 to 20 minute clip yeah. of like an old 50s western TV show TV show Campy. from the edits to the yeah. cuts to the delivery of the lines to the everything it felt like an authentically of that era yeah TV show. totally it was really incredible yeah. mm -hmm. it was a blast from the past and and it was a perfect setup to lead into the movie it was and perfect. It, and again, yeah, another another element that uh, I don't know if we mentioned was when we sat down in the theater, they were playing uh, part of the soundtrack, which was uh, just a, an old on-air radio check for an AM uh, And it was the station. actual radio. It was yeah. the actual yeah. radio station audio things, check. Details. An hour-long clip playing an actual songs, actual DJ from L.A., 1969, <laughs> true to life. Um, amazing and amazing you know what like they didn't announce that beforehand they announced that after the fact yes. like when they were uh, announcing the movie and i honestly feel like it subconsciously got into it because i've yeah like when we were watching all those like it all didn't feel like out of time it all kind of felt like yeah that's that seems fine that seems natural. Yeah, that's. I mean, really, he takes you and he transports you to that that era, and it doesn't feel like you're watching a period piece. It feels like you're living in that moment. Yeah, which is that's the it's magic. An experience. Right? So, it's an experience yeah. and, an, and an event. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just not a lot of event cinema, like like moments in like, with movie releases and everything about this experience in New Beverly and seeing this movie felt like that, like yeah. an event. Yeah. And he wanted, you know, his. Tarantino wants audiences to be, especially at a theater, to be prime, as primed and ready to have this experience in right. 1969 Hollywood as possible. Uh, and, yeah, he succeeded in preparing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. And, and I think it's, it's important to talk about this because he's such a unique vision, a unique director, that literally no other director in the world can present the way that he does, present the exhibition of his movie the way he can because he controls it all. He has the ability to control how you experience his movie. Which is amazing. Yeah, is. Like he is—he's obviously the auteur, director, writer, um, producer. He does everything at all, uh, and now he's the ex uh, exhibitor. So he controls how you watch the movie as well. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing feat. He's the only one that can do it, and he's the only one that obviously could have made this movie. Oh, it yeah. is so distinctly Tarantino. Yeah. Which which leads us to uh, the end of our experience, where we've seen the movie, yeah. and again we're gonna go into exactly like. Yeah. Anything and everything about we're, the movie. We're 30 minutes into the review pod with yeah, that yeah. Reviewing the movie, which I love. Uh, so we're we're on our way out. We've seen the credits. Yeah. It's it's gone. All the lights are on. They've announced that the midnight show is coming on. And they want to clean uh, uh, the theater as quickly as possible so around. that you can get the people who are in line in the theater. Which obviously we understand because <laughs> we just went through the same thing as a seven o'clock seven thirty show for the four o'clock people. Also, we know how to clean a theater. Absolutely, <laughs> we have experience. <laughs> Literally professionals. <laughs> so uh, we all get up, and uh, as we turn, there's a single file line, and I kind of noticed that like the line starts like going a little bit more singular as well as a little bit slower and there's a little bit of separation and within the separation i see a face and a figure that is a little uh, like ajar <laughs> like yeah. it's a, it's different than like a regular head like that was my first <laughs> that was my first reaction it's just it like it's sitting there like hey what the and it just kind of like that's him he's that's our guy that's our and guy. honestly like i feel like if david wasn't there i would have gone full nerd boy but like because you were so amped and so afraid <laughs> that you were going to go full nerd boy, like it helped me be the grown up in the uh, room. And we did eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I like it immediately like didn't become about me. It was like, OK, I got to prepare David because <laughs> he doesn't know he's here. Let's not embarrass ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so you nudge me and you, d you give me the exact same line that you gave me before the movie started, which was st what was it? Stay calm, like be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool, honey bunny. Be cool. And I'm like, okay. Like, and, he, and he said, he's Be here. Cool. 
Be cool. And I'm like, he's who's here. here? Like our Uber ride? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're like, he's here. And uh, I'm like, no, he's not. And so I look to the back and I don't see, but it's like obstructed view, you know, that you're talking about. Like, and I'm like looking at the background, like, no, he's not. I start walking and I'm, do not believe you. I think you're, it's all a bit. But I look Which over at your face, and your eyes, your eyes are transfixed, and there's this emotion inside. <laughs> the pupils are like, like he's pin, here. Pinheads. He's here. It's almost, I don't know uh, if you're familiar with Christianity. It felt like the, it was like the second coming or something. It's like he's here. I mean, it was that big of the, 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 the – he was glowing. Not uh, that far off. <laughs> <laughs> he's risen. <laughs> um, but uh, you were uh, – I looked at your face, and, and, and I start looking around frantically, and, and boom, there he is, Quentin Tarantino, unmistakably. And he's sitting there. There's an employee at the end. I don't know if it's like handlers necessarily on either side, but there's clearly like uh, an employee at a, the end of the row keeping people from actually yeah. trying to go in and talk to him. But he was just two or three seats off from the aisle, so he wasn't like out of reach. And I noticed the just the few people uh, in front of right. us were just walked up and shook, shook his hand. And, I, and it was really great because no one, not one person was asking for photos. No. Not one person was wanting to talk to him. No. Uh, not one and person was... And that was part of the ambiance. No one had their phone on. Like, not alone silent. No one had their phone on during that It's show. like they didn't dare take it out out of, like, respect. No, absolutely not. It was... It, and it was really something in this in this era of, like, you go to a concert, everyone's phones are out. Yeah. There's a famous person walking by, everyone's phones are out. And it's just like, nah. And part of it is, is the experience of having just watched something and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I loved this movie, uh, but <laughs> this, ex- this, this, this uh, religious experience for a movie lover, and you're just like so grateful because it's such a unique experience. Right. You turn around and you see the creator of that experience, and you just have this feeling of gratitude. Yeah. And the look on his face was not of a, a celebrity that no. didn't want to be bothered because he was eating dinner at a you know, restaurant and did, no, don't come up and approach me. It was the look of someone so satisfied and happy with the reaction that that crowd had because we had just I listened to a podcast interview with Quentin Tarantino where he had mentioned that he likes to go to the screenings of his films like pu- public yeah, I knew just to watch to, yeah. the audience right yeah. and so it, you know realizing like oh he was watching our reactions through much of the, you know at least I don't know how long he was there but he heard our reactions and from where he was sitting to where we were sitting he may have heard me squeal once or twice um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, uh, I clap very loudly yeah yeah uh he heard me slurping my drink i was, was running a little <laughs> co- low on coke zero uh, if he so. would i don't know what time he actually like came in but if he came in yeah. at the um uh the escape scene oh yeah he would have definitely heard you yes because yeah, I was cackling. You, 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 yeah, you were lost losing it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. I had to ask you to, to keep, just to, yeah, yeah, to get a hold of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I no, couldn't. Because because Tarantino wrote that for Aaron. I digress. Yes. Go. Yeah, yeah. No, but it, it was just this, it was just so interesting because it's not like the celebrity like uh, kind of normal experience yeah. of like you know they got somewhere to be and, and and there's throngs of people. But he had this the look in his face of just like. Yes, all this hard work. I, I wanted to provide this thing that people would react a certain way and enjoy and appreciate. Uh, and this film, a lot of people are saying this, and I, I, I agree in a lot of ways that it's, it feels a lot more personal. Um, and, uh, and I don't know if I'd say sentimental necessarily, but it has a softer... Um, it's softer. That's a good, yeah, that's a good way I, I think of putting so, I think it. That's, I think that's uh, the way I, to, to put it. But uh, it meant a lot to him, the way that the crowd responded. And you could see it. He was really happy. And, and so people are shaking his hand and then moving on. They're not, no. you know, they're not bothering There's him. There's no second. It's just one word, my, shaking hands. My first thought, which is funny. I, I don't say this to make me and sound you know like what? a selfless we, person. We didn't even, like, that would have been something we, would, we should have talked about beforehand. Like, hey, if you saw Tarantino today, what would you tell him? But we I mean, were that's put in a, that position. Yeah. Because yeah. we were hot off of, like, yeah. seeing his ninth movie ever. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, loving it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then within seconds, you have a chance to say him, one thing to him, shaking. Yeah. I, not so far to reach to say like, our hero. Yeah, sure. And and when it comes to filmmakers, this yeah, sure. Maybe one of the greatest to ever do it. Maybe ever. Maybe. What do you say to somebody? By the way, you have one shot, one time. Yeah. So far, you never. You don't know what future holds. <laughs> So. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I was thinking. I was gonna quote uh, a line from his character from Pulp Fiction. Was what I was gonna say. I, I'm, I'm kidding. It would have been great if you tried to quote it and it was wrong. It was just I got it wrong, <laughs> or or I censored it on per. You know, right, 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 right. Um, Can but, you read me the Lincoln letter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I am in a bit of a state of shock though yes. at this moment. But my weird base instinct reaction was getting. I, I like literally pushed you in front. Because I was thinking, like, oh, if, they st- if he stops shaking hands or if he starts to move aside, like, i, I got to make sure Jeff gets to shake his hand, which is weird because, like, it wasn't out of self, like, I want to pretend like I was selfless. I but honestly I- forgot that I said something first. Well, I pushed I, I push you up. I said, you got it. Like, I wanted to make sure that we chance. got up there in time before he moved, you know, because yeah. he wasn't going to stand there and shake everyone's hand in the theater. It kind of seemed like he was. Well, after the fact. It he, didn't look he like he have. was going to talk to anybody, but it looked like he was absolutely willing. And to just piggyback on what you were saying. He was absolutely in his element. He was and like, glowing. If if you are writing, directing, and doing everything that you know he put into like his theater, you can only imagine how much effort and soul he put into this movie. To see that from his people in his theater and to have people come up to him, shake his hand. I mean, that's yeah, it's special. That's the moment, so, and it's. So what did you say to him? What was the I said congratulations. Congratulations. I yeah. said congratulations. Wow. And it was a congratulations for specifically <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Also, we recently got because, married. Like, but. I, <laughs> I just, yeah. Yeah. Congrats on what you just achieved. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Like, yeah. you did it. Yeah. Like, you worked so hard, and, and I see it, and I know what you did, and, and thank you. What, but, uh, what yeah. did uh, what did you say? I, I just said thank you. Yeah, I shook his hand. Amazing. I reached out. He, he shook his hand. I said thank you, like, it, you know, and like in in the most uh, heartfelt way. Like, but seriously, like thank you for this experience. Thank you for making movies. Yeah. Thank you for doing it Th- differently. Thank you for not being afraid to like do some risky things that may be unpopular, just for the sake of like uh, pushing what's possible in cinema forward. Uh, I don't want to get too spoilery, but like he, there's certain decisions that he makes that I think. Um, artistically are interesting but ultimately are really powerful when speaking about cinema as an art form and in terms of the message that you can do in terms of changing legacies that you shouldn't be able to change real life legacies in fictional film but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the spoiler part but it it, I was so grateful for his contribution to cinema as a whole but specifically thank you so much for making this movie for for making Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thank you for being a friend <laughs> the and Golden Girl, <laughs> Golden Girls theme Aaron, song. Aaron, what was your experience <laughs> heading out? Well, I was like, "Oh, cool, that's Tarantino." <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> like, oh, t- t- oh, Tarantino again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there he is again. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to like seem like I'm too cool for room or like well, or anything, but like I don't really get impressed by seeing celebrities. We live in North Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's where it all is, the celebrities live. It, it well, you'd be surprised, <laughs> but yeah, it is pretty common occurrence driving around the streets of LA to see celebrities even on the magnitude yeah, of Tarantino. Like, this wasn't like a Tuesday. This is true. This and is this true. This wasn't a celebrity. So it was this and was so yeah, so I was shocked to see him there. Um I didn't shake his hand. I didn't know even know if you saw him because yeah. Jeff and I turned the corner and then we go full like fangirl out of Backstreet yeah, Boys yeah, concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. We literally What do we jumped. do about Aaron? There's no time we for Aaron. No time for Aaron. <laughs> no time. This isn't leave no man behind. He <laughs> <laughs> can fend for himself. He's got Sarah. He'll yeah, be fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be all right. Yeah. Hopefully, Sarah sees yeah. Quinn. <laughs> I, 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 I'm imagining uh, we're in this well, together. I'm now. imagining Aaron waiting in the line and, and Tarantino yeah. reaching out to shake his hand and and, and Aaron just waves it off. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, good. A, no, I'm good. Well, it's no, just like I, I was behind you guys. I heard David go, "Thank you, teary-eyed. Thank you, I, amazing." Yeah. And then I hear I hear Jeff quoting Post Malone lyrics. <laughs> I, I was like, "How do I follow up with that?" Oh my gosh! So you didn't approach him. No, no, I didn't. I just, I just walked by, and yeah. I didn't see that this you guys why he's saw. He's the Godfather. So, yeah, no, I, I just, it was, but it was amazing to see him in that setting. The fact that he showed up for the, um, to be around everyone, yeah, uh, was really, really cool. I, I, I love the fact that he was there, and just, you know what, like, you talk about afterglow, yeah, in events yeah. like that, in major events, the entire theater was buzzing after the end of that oh, movie, yeah, and then to have it, to have the the guy be there. Um, shaking people's hands unexpectedly. No unexpectedly. one, no one expected you have no time, you have no time to, to think about react. Like it's re- honest reaction in real time. It's, you didn't know he was going to be there. Nobody was there to see him. Yeah, no. So yeah. nobody was there for that. They were there to watch the movie, and not only did they watch the movie, but they got to meet the guy. 
So it's amazing, amazing, truly amazing experience. It couldn't have been executed better. And uh, it was just a special night overall. Like perfect, that, it was a perfect evening. It was. I you, couldn't have crafted a better no. ex- movie-going experience. Uh, that's the script. Like and that like, is like, the way you write it out. This could have been script. a mediocre movie. It could sure. have been a bad movie. Sure, like, it was probably not going to be bad. But like, this could have been just kind of like, oh, that was a good movie. Oh, cool. And and the yeah. you know the directors here, like, that's awesome. That's yeah. special. But it wasn't like him being there was the cherry on top. But the, but the Sunday was that movie. The experience of watching that movie because I stood up. And I couldn't, my mind was going. It like, was a tour de force. I, I couldn't believe what I had just watched. I could not believe it. I wasn't ready. I was not ready for the. You, I think you would be. We had hyped it up enough. Totally. We, we like, uh, yeah. In my mind, David I was ready. from Utah. Yeah. Or from Sacramento, sorry. Yes. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yes. kidding. Not the same. <laughs> I drove from San Diego. Right. Like, we knew that this was going to be an event, but I don't think either of us or any of us were, were prepared for it being one of Tarantino's best films of yep. all time. Yeah. And I think yeah. we all feel comfortable saying that, which is a little uneasy, actually. This is what I'll say yeah. about my take. I'm, I'm really curious to hear both of yours, but for me to rank films you know especially with something like tarantino which his his films age like a, a fine wine a, a, a topic i can speak at length about <laughs> um but that like you need to multiple viewings you need time you need to see like how in retrospect like it affected impact a culture or film like does it age well you know i've seen great movies that you know five years later it's they're not as great you know right and so that, that and that all applies here I, I will be really curious to see where it ends up on my list uh, two years from now, five years from now, ten, ten years from now, uh, because Pulp Fiction has had time to make, I mean, it made an immediate impact culturally, but it has, con- it, it has had a staying power that right. few films can have. So it's hard to say, like, oh, this was better than Pulp Fiction right coming out, because th- that would be uh, being uh, pr- maybe influenced by recency bias. But I will say for me, immediately, it's a top three, probably, f- I, would, I would say maybe the fourth uh, Tarantino film with the potential to continue to rise. And I would say the potential to ultimately be my favorite Tarantino film. I don't know that it will surpass Inglorious Bastards or Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs, but immediately it's his fourth best for me and it only goes up from here. What do you, how do you feel? Uh, so I, the way that I think about it is my first time viewing Pulp Fiction, I had a certain feeling after watching it that my mind was blown. I'd never seen anything like it before. And I didn't have the same reaction to Tarantino, any of it, Tarantino's other movies. Reservoir Dogs, I liked, but I, I wasn't blown away with it until multiple viewings, like maybe two mm. or three viewings. After maybe the third viewing of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so three viewings of Reservoir Dogs, I was blown away by it. It's now that's probably my favorite Tarantino. Years. <laughs> <laughs> but the reaction that I had after seeing this movie, Once mm. Upon a Time in Hollywood, was extremely similar for me to the first time I saw Pulp Fiction. And I've never had that experience before or since, I should say, since seeing Pulp Fiction. So but immediately I put this in the top three, like just right off the bat. It's in the top three. Top three. Okay. It's in my top three. Over I've Bastards only, then. It's probably yeah. Over Bastards. Yeah. And But like you said, I think there's potential yeah. for this to go even higher. Yeah. I've only seen the movie once. And it was like 12 hours ago or whatever it is, like how long ago we saw it. Um, And man, I just wasn't prepared for what I actually saw on that screen. And I loved it. I don't think that I could have loved it more. That's how how powerful my reaction to it was. So, Jeff? I mean, uh, (laughs) I don't want to just like sound like a broken record. you know, just I a bunch it. of people <laughs> just, <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was yeah. so good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and maybe this is, you know, we, we, we give a lot of credit to, to Quentin Tarantino and rightfully so it's his vision. But when you have Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio at the helm, kind of doing a, a, a buddy movie, that's very fun in general and Quentin gave them the keys to 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 really drive that car and (laughs) boy 
Boy, did they. Boy, did they. Boy, they did drove they. the car. They, they drove really many did. cars. Yeah, <laughs> many miles. Yeah. All across the city. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to I talk about expectations in terms of going in, like what we knew about the film. Uh, did we like the trailers? Like, the, Do you feel like you had enough um, idea of the plot to get excited? Uh, like, So I, I'm curious where you're at going in. Of course, it's Tarantino, so there's this element of like base level of, of course, I'm going to be there opening night. That's why we're, you know, we're, there's a great chance I'm going to love the movie. You know, it's a given. But were you excited for this story? Were you nervous for the story? Because the, when the reports came out, Tarantino's making a film about Hollywood 1969 on the, the days around the infamous uh, Manson murders of Sharon Tate uh, and, and fam. Uh, it's, you know, th- so there was public outcry in the, in the oh, yeah. film uh, press community saying like, oh, great. How's Gr- he going to handle this? Gratuitous Tarantino sure. is going to, you know, do terrible things to Sharon Tate's legacy sure. by, you know, handling it with his like super, you know, gory. And Stylistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His exaggerated manner. So were you excited for the story? For me, I, 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 w- I was excited for it. Initially, I expected it to be, you know, when the first details dropped, all I heard or all I read was Manson. So I thought yeah. this was going to be a movie about the Manson family. Yeah, this was all. This was going to be his char- his take on Charlie Manson's story, and the Manson family murders. Um, and so as more details came out, it, it they started to talk about how it's actually not that. It's going to be a movie about Hollywood, and it's going to be a movie about the movie industry. And um, and you know I was a little bit skeptical after that uh, after learning those details, but then I saw the cast. Mm. I saw who was going to be in this movie. And I and I felt a little bit at ease, and then that first teaser dropped, and I wasn't super impressed with that first teaser. Yeah, I didn't think it, it it just didn't match the expectations I had in my head, for whatever that's worth. But just my initial initial reaction to that trailer was negative, and I thought, okay, maybe maybe Quentin's really is on his last legs, because you know I, I'd seen Hateful Eight and I liked it, but I'm not a Western fan. So I had some real reservations about that movie. It just didn't really resonate, resonate with me too much. Um, so, and then seeing this first trailer for this Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the, the teaser introduces it as just a pure Hollywood story set in the 60, late 60s, 1969 to be exact. Which is kind of uh, fair. Right, yeah. And, you know, it was just something about it just didn't really speak to me too much, so I had low expectations. And then I see the trailer, the official trailer, and it did get me hyped up. That for that official trailer, I felt was oh you, you did like it was was better than the teaser. Yeah. So yeah. I think that. But you told me not to yeah. watch it. I yes. told you specifically yeah. not to watch it. Maybe for different reasons than that. Aaron told you. You uh, both told me not to watch it. Well, my my fear is that it was giving away too much, and I for, think yeah. so I had a different reaction. Because I'm uh, for the record, I'm yeah. a real anti-spoilery guy. Like yeah. the less yes. I know going exactly. in, exactly the better. And yeah. so, in general, you want to avoid trailers, right? I so, try to avoid everything of course, as possible. Of like course. If I, as soon as I know that I'm in on something, yeah. I try to be out on everything so that I can go in just not knowing anything, so that anything that comes up, I'm experiencing it on my own. Right. So, you watched the teaser, but not the full-length trailer. Correct. Now, having I'm curious, having seen the film now, and we just watched the full-length yes. trailer for you for the first time. That was great. Did it spoil too much? Like watching it now, it's tough because it's all in hindsight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I can ask that you guys, supp- what does yeah. that look like? It, it looks beforehand there's, there's a handful versus of, hindsight. It doesn't. It doesn't at all spoil major plot points. In fact, it no. goes out of its way to be very like. I actually didn't like the trailer as much. I mean, it was fine. Yeah, but it but like it was so unclear what was going on because right. again these expectations of the, he's making a Manson murders movie and then you watch it's like oh this isn't really Manson this is an element going on here obviously yes. Margot Robbie is cast to play Sharon Tate they have a clip of uh, the actor playing uh, Charles Manson um, and uh, and I but then everything else was just like it's a stunt double like this, right like, exactly aging star in a stunt double what are we what is this movie about I, I, I had no idea after watching still after watching that first trailer. do you would you want to watch a movie about an aging star and a stunt double in general uh, no exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, that is not. exactly my stance nope the Any only other person in Hollywood can't get this movie made yeah uh, exactly well yeah. Eli Roth said as much in his is his initial take was no one's ever gonna make a movie like this again and only Ter- only Quinn can make it. And thank goodness so. Eli Roth didn't make that. that, <laughs> that, that, that 
<laughs> and Eli yes. Roth directed a stuntman and um, an aging star. So no, is Eli Roth a better actor or a director? Um, can I say he's not great at either? <laughs> no, I don't How like dare it. you. It's, it's no, I, lo- I love, I love him. I love him, uh, Donnie. Sure. Uh, Donnie and Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Uh, I can't say that I love it or even like any of the films he's directed, but it's just not my, he's a genre filmmaker yes. that's just in a genre that he's doing things that, that just doesn't interest me. So right. I'm just not his target demo. Right, but anyway. Right, right. Um, yeah, so you liked the trailer. We told Jeff not to watch it. I'm grateful you didn't because there's a couple of scenes that don't spoil plot points, but watching it, I was waiting for those moments. It's just footage. It's just like but footage that like I don't – I could see when the movie happens. Yeah. Right. It's just not vital. You just don't it's need not, it. Yeah, you didn't. I'm, yeah. Thank you for practicing self-control and not watching it. Yeah, I wish I, I, I could wish, have done the same. I, I seriously wish yeah, I had too. Yeah. Uh, so – and we're and we're at the fifty-one minute mark, by the way. So I, what I think what we'll actually do here is we'll we'll talk not we'll wrap up the non-spoiler part here. It's kind we'll, of incredible we've kept it non-spoiler to this point. <laughs> I didn't think we we're gonna have enough material to do so. Um, Turn, turns out our our new Beverly experience story there's a lot of meat on uh, on that story. <laughs> and so, just to just to quickly close the book, uh, after we were super cool, uh, shaking hands with uh, Quentin Tarantino. We proceeded to hug like little schoolboys yes. outside of the New Beverly. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't hug. I couldn't hug Jeff enough. It was like I, I floated out yeah. of there. I just remember turning the corner where the concession stand was, and then the doors out. And I just felt like I floated, like I was on cloud nine, just like what? That was. And it was. Uh, the, yeah, again, that was the, what pure joy feels like. Oh yeah. The weird combination of really. What's, what's funny is, is like the Tarantino meeting thing is truly incredible. It but is. I, I would say like. So uh, Sixty to seventy percent of that floating feeling was was just the my the movie. It like, was. I like I was just so elated. And you know what? Quentin appreciates that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I reacted as he intended. <laughs> that's what right. he wanted. Um, is it? It sounds so sad and desperate for me to think like. I hope he heard me react. Like, <laughs> like I laughed at this one part really loud. I hope he heard it. I um, hope he knows <laughs> that I liked his movie because I came to his theater and it's, it's opening like, night. I, I, re- I really hope I made him proud. Uh, <laughs> so, so, but uh, yeah, I just I was like, I was like disoriented. Like walking down the yeah. street it was just kind of like like the lights and the just like turning around being like where am i like what happened this is crazy it was so weird it was a i had a weird physical response yeah <laughs> but uh but and a lot of i'm that glad we didn't go chris farley show on quentin tarantino R- remember the time you were writing pulp fiction <laughs> like that was <laughs> awesome oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh uh yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, what I was saying though, I think we will make this two pods. So there will be a separate episode where we go spoiler here. Obviously, if you're uh, looking at this uh, in the RSS feed, you already know that. One other question that I think is interesting and provocative and not spoilery. Um, you had mentioned feeling a certain way about Pulp Fiction, yeah, and and you hadn't felt that way until this movie, even right. with the other Tarantino, you know, greats that you've seen in between. Would you compare this movie at all to Pulp Fiction? Would you? Is this quintessential Tarantino, or is it? Tarantino, but new. Like, uh, how different versus how textbook? So this is the, uh, in my opinion, this is the evolution of Tarantino. Mm. So the early days of Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, he's at his raw, like he's at his raw power, like his initial stage of understanding his abilities and his powers as a filmmaker and writer. Whereas this later movie, I think he has so much more experience. He has so much a better grasp of his abilities and what he's really great at um, versus the youthful exuberance of a, of a first time or second timer with Pulp Fiction, um, just doing whatever he wants, but he still has that ability to break every rule. So in that essence, it is very much quintessential Quentin Tarantino because he breaks every rule. He sets his own agenda. He does not listen to anyone. He doesn't listen to any, uh, any set of prescribed rules for a filmmaker he just makes his own way but within doing that within his latest this latest movie he has a refined sense that i don't think he's ever shown before he has ability to maintain and control and just the way that he um, makes his character speak again very tarantino but also reserved like there there is a refinement to it that I don't think he's I've ever heard his characters use before in the past. Um, it's just so amazing. Like for me, this feels like the the true evolution of him as a filmmaker. 
I think that he's never been a better writer. I don't think he's ever been a better director. <laughs> um, the movie is wow. is really interestingly edited. Uh, we know that his famous longtime collaborator and editor passed away mm. recently. One of the best. And this, the best. yeah, exactly. And so he's working with a new editor in this one, and um, a, a, some they took some real chances in this. Um, but I think as far as being a filmmaker and having a vision, for me, this is like a new high for him. Um, now, did I get the enjoyment out of it that I got out of Pulp Fiction? I don't know yet. It's too hard. It's too. It's too, we're too near it for me to judge that. So ultimately, I judge a Tarantino movie, a movie on how much I enjoy it and how many more times I can watch it. And that's why I say Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are the, are the best because I, just, I love them to this day and I still get enjoyment out of them. Who knows with this one? So, so your, the refinement and the evolution, I 100% agree. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's that exactly was it. beautifully stated, Aaron. Thank it, you. Which is interesting because some of the criticism I'm seeing is that. It, People are accusing Tarantino of being self, too self-indulgent in this film, which is really interesting when you're talking Tell those about people this. to shove it. <laughs> now, the, it's, I think people are confusing self-indulgement with taking their time to let the film breathe, which, is, uh, he, which he does more in this movie than any other film that yeah. he's made. Yeah. Uh, it really takes its time, not in any boring, like, get-to-the-point type of way, but like, he's establishing something, and he's certainly working towards a payoff uh, that's made all the more better because of that time that's taken. Yeah. Um, the uh, the uh, the other question I wanted to ask you reminded me of bringing up Pulp Fiction and the enjoyment is that uh, it struck me maybe midway through the movie that uh, that is is this going to be Tarantino's funniest film because the reaction and granted I'm in the theater with Tarantino heads of course everyone's laughing loud but was this the funniest of his films I think Pulp Fiction is the obvious crowd you know other than a lot of people saying that's their favorite film it's I think it's the the funniest was this funnier. Django had some funny parts. It, it really does. Django's definitely Django's like surprise. Like like yeah. when you it's talk funny about the premise, dark, you're like, how, dark, how yeah, could right, that be right, funny? Right, and you're right, like, right, right, I actually remember right. laughing a lot during yes, that movie. Yes. yes. I, la- I I laughed more. But yeah, I think this you one. might be onto something. I think this probably was his like at least from a comedic like quantity standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely more jokes in this one. I would say there's more gags in this movie, and I think it's funnier. I think this is the funniest movie he's ever made. Oh, you do? It's, it's, I do, do for okay. me. Wow. I th- and I think Pulp Fiction is hilarious. It I is. Think hilarious. Is that a representation of Quentin writing, directing, or is that a representation of the cast? Uh, comedy. We know comedy is very, very difficult. Well, they're but not improving on that set. No, we're talking. <laughs> he's not talking about to do Quentin Tarantino's yeah. funniest movie. So yeah. I'm, I'm saying. Is that mm. Quentin responsible yeah. for evolving and cr- going out there and saying, I'm going to make the funniest movie I've done? Or is it a product of the story that he put in place mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. uh, casting and the characters he put in place? It's all interplaying. That's a great question. It's yeah, a really I think great it's question. I, I person, my personal theory, my belief, obviously based on zero knowledge or facts, is that he did not set out to make the funniest of his films. I don't think that that was a thought, any part of his objective, but I think that when he got humming on the story writing process in this, and he, and he was starting to fire on all cylinders, yeah. and he started telling a story that m- meant a lot to him, and I think when he realized he was writing something that could potentially be very significant and be a, a, a real contribution to the cinema ar- art form, that I think that as a result, we got just some of his best stuff, which meant every everything that could be even mildly funny was a huge laugh and it was written perfectly performed perfect like i just think that everything was enhanced because of the level of which he was operating at a true masterful filmmaker so i don't think he meant for it to be the funniest of his films but because he was operating at such a high level it was it was the funniest of his films that's it it's amazing uh again the, the guy is a master of, sur- of subverting uh, your expectations. So if if the premise is we're going to tell the story around a famous murder, which is a, <laughs> really a that's gruesome. That's we're talking gruesome? about a pregnant woman, a b- beautiful, maybe wonderful the most, the most infamous murder in Hollywood history. Absolutely. Yes. So that is yeah. the starting yeah. point. And which what does in, he do? In Tarantino's hands, you everyone anticipates yes. like. Oh God! Yeah. What are we in for? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Step back from that ledge, buddy. We're not doing any spoilers right now. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fair to say, like that is the opening premise. Like we're yes. 
we're supposed to expect everything le- leading up to this famous murder. That's yeah. w- everyone in the recipe is there. Yes. So in Ooh. that sense, we're all expecting it to happen. And what do we get? I think it's the funniest movies ever made. I think it's the funniest. I think it's the most heartfelt. Yeah. I think it's the one that's made me feel like sentimental, yeah. like feelings. I didn't cry in this film, but there was uh, there were moments that I w- uh, I got close to welling up. Yeah. Uh, a couple where I, I was like, "Wow, this is really making me feel." Yeah. Tarantino is not the a director that I would, you know, I would expect to evoke that response for me. I think uh, you know the writer crafts uh, his own his own world, his own ideal world. And I think uh, for Quentin, uh, for that time period, that was his ideal world. And it's really incredible that not just the three of us, but anybody who saw the movie really got to go on that journey and not only like see L.A. through his eyes, but also see these characters, whether real or fake, like in that once upon a time in Hollywood scenario. And I feel like I know who Rick Dalton is. I feel like I know who Cliff is. I know who all of these guys are. And I otherwise wouldn't. Like, he crafted a world in about two hours and 40 minutes. That is incredible. And the the amazing thing is, again, subverting expectations. He crafts a world around a B-movie actor Someone that play, is a character actor, essentially. On, on their way out. Yeah. yeah. On, and on, his stunt double. Exactly. The stunt exactly. double. That's the stunt double who doesn't thing. do a lot of stunts and a lot of repair work around the house. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, he, he, built, he crafts this world around two people that are cast-offs. And, I mean, it's, it's amazing how interesting he makes their lives. It, it's just incredible. I think that's a testament to his, his writing ability. Man, I, I really want to get into uh, plot points now because, yeah, I'm ready to launch into it. So oh, let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's, put a, let's put a pin in that and, uh, and go on to the next episode. Oh, yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you plan on never, ever seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for any reason and you don't care about being spoiled, I want to encourage you to listen to the next episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, you, I think well, we can sway you on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, also, uh, it'll be a good hang. It so, is. Uh, thanks for listening. Please listen to the next one. We're going to have a lot of hot takes. We're going to talk about the best scenes, the best performances. Um, and the worst scenes and the worst performances. Worst scenes, worst performances, and then the most medium performances. Yes. And medium oh, yeah. And then uh, we will uh, we'll be back. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 